0: The Such Things Podcast, where we talk about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, pure, lovely, admirable, anything excellent or praiseworthy. And you're jumping in in the middle of a series where we're talking about King David, certainly a praiseworthy man in many respects, but in other respects, a man who made a lot of mistakes, Today, we're gonna learn about a period in his life that was quite challenging. In fact, he prayed this prayer that I think will give you an idea. Psalm 56. Be merciful to me, O God, for men hotly pursue me. All day long they press their attack. My slanderers pursue me all day long. Many are attacking me in their pride when i'm afraid i'll trust in you in god whose word i praise you know in our last podcast we looked in first samuel 17 and we saw how david uh, he, he he rocketed to fame and success after taking out goliath but right on the heels of that we're going to see that saul king saul descends into madness and so david is forced to go on the run you know um power can can mess people up can it it's like if if anger or arrogance is lurking in your heart then then a little bit of power can be like the the spark to the powder keg or maybe maybe more like the the moisture to mold, <laughs> like it's gonna grow steadily. I mean, think about it. We see it in stories and movies, right? Think about the the dwarf king, you know, in the Hobbit, uh, with with the Arkenstone. It was like the key to his power, but he developed like, like, like gold sickness or whatever, you know, from just this, the lust for power and wealth and kind of like the, that other King in Lord of the Rings, the King of Gondor, who was like possessed by some kind of a, of a spirit. And maybe, maybe I've lost like over half my crowd. You're like, we don't watch that, that stuff. Well, how about Walt in Breaking Bad? How about Killmonger in Black Panther? Anakin in Star Wars? All these people got a little taste of, of power, and they were otherwise, like, they seemed to be pretty good-hearted people. But man, that power, it spread in their heart like mold, like a sickness. Um, you know, David, he had a pretty good heart, it seemed. I mean, he said he was the man after God's own heart. But it's almost like God was gonna make sure that with David all vestiges of selfish ambition got fully burned out of him before God was going to turn power over to him. You know, would he maintain his integrity? Would David maintain the his God focus that we saw in our last podcast? Cuz Saul did not. Well, let's go on to 1 Samuel 18. Let's see what happens in the aftermath of a giant killing. First Samuel 18, verse 1. Let's take a little sip here. And let's read together. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan, as Saul's son, became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his father's house. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow and his belt. Whatever Saul sent him to do, David did so successfully that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the people and Saul's officers as well. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing with joyful songs, with tambourines and lutes. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain galled him. They've credited David with tens of thousands, he thought. But me with only thousands, what more can he get but the kingdom? (laughs) All this from a little song. Amazing how jealousy works. It says, from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. The next day, an evil spirit from God came forcefully upon Saul. You have to wonder, is this... Wait, an evil spirit from God? Like, is this from God? Or is this more just the the the, the writer here just sort of observing what happened and crediting this to God? I, I don't know. I think this is an interesting study. And in, honestly, in like mental illness and spiritual attack and uh, struggles with sin and jealousy, I think all these things kind of work together in our hearts and our minds to create a a pathology, an attack, but look what happened. Saul was prophesying in his house while David was playing the harp as he usually did. Saul had a spear in his hand and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall, but David eluded him twice, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had left Saul. So he sent Saul away from him and gave him command over a thousand men, and David led the troops in their campaigns. In everything he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. When Saul saw how successful he was, he was afraid of him. But all of Israel and Judah loved David because he led them in their campaigns. Skipping down to verse 28, when Saul realized that the Lord was with David and that his daughter Michal loved David, Saul became still more afraid of him and he remained his enemy the rest of his days. All right, we'll stop right there. So David has killed uh, Goliath and and right here in the beginning of the chapter, one of the first things we're introduced to is David's relationship with, with Jonathan. Now, we're going to talk a lot more about that later, His this lifelong friendship that, that evolved. An unlikely friendship, by the way. We'll talk more about it later, but for now, just note this. It was an unlikely friendship. The person, maybe other than Saul, who should have been most threatened by David was Jonathan. Jonathan was next in line for the throne. He was the crown prince. David was was set up to take his future, Jonathan's future job. Yet they strike up this dear dear friendship. We'll talk more about their friendship later. Let's look at Saul for for a moment. You know, Saul is is angry and afraid. Isn't there a show out there alone and afraid? So Saul was angry and afraid and he does kind of end up alone by the way, but three times here. In this chapter, it I see the word afraid. Saul was afraid. Saul became still more afraid. It keeps saying he was afraid. At one point it says he's angry, he's jealous. A wise man said, I, I, I don't think this is in the Bible, is it? Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Thank you, Master Yoda. Not in the Christian Bible, perhaps the Star Wars Bible, but wise words nonetheless, fear, fear. I think fear, Saul was a fearful man and it created a path and indeed a pathology. You know, I've come to recognize as, as I get older and, and hopefully a little more mature and maybe a little more self-aware as a man, I've, I've come to recognize that fear deep in my heart is a driving force more often than I care to admit. Fear informs and influences more of my decision making than I think I often realize. And fear kills, fear kills hope, fear kills. Joy, fear kills. I think even love leads to hate, as Yoda said. Um, you know, it might be good to ask yourself regularly, as you're making decisions, or as you're if you're feeling something. If you're feeling angry, see, I think men we tend to just we get angry. I remember uh, hearing a wise sermon. Uh, someone was saying, you know, fear is when you fe- when men, especially for men, as we we often feel very angry. I'm upset. Anger is like a check engine light on the dashboard. It means you need to open up the hood and see what's going on down there, see what's wrong down there. It's often just a symptom of something else. A check engine light doesn't, what's wrong, I got a check engine light on. Well, that's, a, that's just an indicator. Hey, Fear, anger is like an indicator, usually that I'm actually afraid of something or hurt by something. Is there something I'm fearing right now? That might be a good question to start asking yourself. You know, f- fear of, this is what I'm learning. Like, okay, am I afraid of, of what this person is thinking of me? Am I afraid of what my boss is thinking of me or my colleagues or my brothers or my, my spouse? Am I afraid of, of failing here? Am I, am, am, I, am I, is there a fear of of isolation? or of loneliness? Is there like a fear of, of exposure? You know, a, a fear that I'll be humiliated if people knew what I was up to. If people knew how much, what I was dealing with, how much debt I was in, you know, I'm, if people knew, I'm a, is there fear? Is there fear of, of lack? Fear of lack, fear of destitution, fear of running out, fear of not enough, fear of harm? fear of, of bad things happening. I think there's a lot of fear there's a lot of fear going around the world right now to, you know coming out of the pandemic and now there's a, there's war in Europe. I mean fear you got to watch out for fear. this is, see this is why Jesus was always on the lookout for faith, wasn't he? Faith is the antidote for fear. David had it he had faith. We saw it last week. Saul did not. Saul didn't have faith like David did. And David's gonna need that faith because when Saul loses it here, this is just the beginning, what I just read to you. David is forced to go on the run. And he, it's not like he just went from Samuel anointing him king to him killing Goliath and then, yay, David, you're our king now. No, that's not how it worked. He was on the run, I think, for years, years before he finally assumed the throne. And there's so many stories and chapters here about, you know, this this season of his life. I mean, on two occasions, he spared Saul's life. Saul was on the lookout trying to hunt David down to kill him. Saul had two opportunities he could have taken Saul's life but he took the high road over and over and over. What got him through this season of being on the run, of living and constantly looking over his shoulder, living in fear? Hey, we've lived in a lot of fear recently. What got David through? Uh, there's a, Obviously, we know his walk with God, and I, I am going to bring us back to that at the end of our podcast here today, but... I want to tell you, yes, his walk with God, his relationship with God, but I think his relationships with people, and we see it starting here with his friendship with, you know, with Jonathan, but there's so many, and I don't have time to go through. If you have time, read through from 1 Samuel 19 on through the rest of the book, chapter after chapter. Let me just go mention some of the names and people, the relationships, the friends, the counselors that, that David leaned on through the years. Of course, we see here Jonathan, his best friend, his lifelong friend. Well, eventually Jonathan does pass away, so maybe it wasn't lifelong but for David, but it was for Jonathan. But they were peers. They were buddies. I think they were probably similar in age, But there's also, if you go to the next chapter, there's Samuel, the prophet, the first person David ran to when he had to to run and make his initial escape. Saul came, sent men to his house to get him, to capture him, and I think to kill him. David had to like escape, I think through a window or something, like he had to get out, a dodge, and he ran to the prophet Samuel. That's a good place to go. Went to the preacher. Chapter 20, we see him again with his friend Jonathan. Chapter 21, he goes to Ahimelech, the priest. He goes to the priest. Chapter 22, he, he's hiding in a cave, the cave of Adullam, And we meet his, his cave crew. It says they a bunch of people. In fact, it, it swelled into a group of hundreds of people that were in distress and discontented and in debt. And it says he became their leader. I, I think Saul was spiraling into madness. And I think, you know, it's kind of like when, when uh, Scar became king, when, when um, <laughs> uh, Mufasa has, had, you know, was, was killed. And, you know, when there's an evil king and the whole land is just falling under a cloud. And I think all these people are living in distress and discontented and dead. And they, people like that begin to rally around David in this cave. And it says he became their leader. I think they were the future mighty men, but I think initially they were probably a pretty ragtag bunch and probably a pretty bitter group of people. But I think David, you know, he, he bonded with them and I think he gave them some faith. And well, chapter 22, we also meet Gad, the prophet Gad, who gave David some tough instruction. David was camped out in a stronghold at that point. And Gad said, no, leave the stronghold, go back out into the region near King Saul. That was God's instruction through Gad. (laughs) That's tough to leave the stronghold. It's almost like God was like, no, no, no. I want you right under Saul's nose where I know it's going to be tough. And that's where you're going to lean on me. And that's where I need you right now. Not just sitting tight in the stronghold. Sometimes God like puts you in uncomfortable places, right? Gad the prophet gave David that tough advice. Chapter 23, again, Jonathan comes into his life again at a very important time to give him some spiritual, godly encouragement. We're gonna come back to that. Chapter 25, Abigail, this woman, Abigail, this, this outsider comes into David's life and her wise counsel saved the day in 1 Samuel chapter 25. David later ends up marrying her. Chapter 30, Abiathar, another priest, comes into David's life and he inquired of God on behalf of David. After a time when David had really blown it, like David was about to side with the Philistines in a battle against his own people. I'm, I'm actually convinced if David had done that, he never would have been able to come king. Like he was on the verge of majorly, majorly blowing it because he had... Run away and try to take an easier way. He didn't want to keep living under Saul's nose, and be, I think he was tired of living on the run. So he he ran and he compromised. He went to the Philistines, and and then it, it really at first it, I think it was it was peaceful for David, but then it backfired, and there were, his men their, their wives were kidnapped, and they, the men were going to mutiny against David. And finally, David, you know, they they get their, their wives and children back, and David, you know. He moves away from the Philistines and he goes to Abiathar the priest who inquires of God for him and who gets him out of a bind when he had really messed up. Boy, looking, fast forwarding ahead, even going into 2 Samuel in chapter 12, Nathan, another prophet, comes into David's life, this time to rebuke David when he had committed adultery and, and even murder. Or arranging for someone to be killed. thats we're, we're fast-forwarding way ahead in his life at that point, but Nathan the prophet, David listened to him. In 2 Samuel, there's more guys. I just Ittai the Gittite, Zadok the priest, Hushai the Archite, uh, three men named Shobi, Makir, and Barzillai. They helped David when he was really down and out in a tough time. There's Joab, David's right-hand man, his commander, There's later, you know, we meet all of his mighty men, these incredible soldiers who rallied around David, dozens of them, in fact. All these people throughout David's life, particularly during this season when he was on the run. See, I think David was relational. And I think this was a key to why he was a man after God's own heart. He seemed to be able to make friends uh, everywhere he went, even like with his enemies. I mean, he went over to the Philistines at one point. And in fact, some of the people I mentioned, some of those names that are kind of obscure names, you you find them in David's life. Some of them were from like non-Hebrew peoples. (laughs) He, He connected with a lot of people throughout his life. David was relational. He had a ton of relationships. The poet Samuel Coleridge talks about friends who are like, like sheltering trees, he calls them. Sheltering trees, that's what a good friend is. They're a sheltering tree. Charles Swindoll In his book on David, he points out that, as I just did here, that, you know, David, he had a whole grove of sheltering trees, didn't he? Man, I thank God for the people in my life who have been sheltering trees to me, friends, advisors. I mean, it started for me. I I really was blessed. Like, I won the lottery with parents. My mom and dad, Sam and Jerry Lang, they were great man and woman of God. And my siblings, Elizabeth, Jonathan, Alexandra. I mean, I had a, a crew. They were sheltering trees. They still are. But I think of other people that God brought into my life that advised me, sheltered me spiritually. Man, Jay Sledge, my cousin Corey, Mike Barnes. when. Tim Hogemeyer, Paul Humphrey, that was all when I was just in high school. Those, those were men that were just, just sheltering trees to me. They discipled me. They helped me. In college, Shane Lord, my campus minister. Man, J.P. Tynes, good grief. He was a mentor to me when I was new in marriage and new in ministry. And his wife, Pat. who Pat has helped me out. Damien Jean-Baptiste, he's gone on to meet with the Lord. He was there for me in a, briefly in my life at a crucial season when I needed encouragement and vision. He was there. Paul Ramsey, incredible elder. Man, he helped me. He helped, helped my wife and I get to Myrtle Beach to help plant, to plant a church here. Scott Kirkpatrick, oh my goodness. Helped my wife and I to figure out how to be married and in the ministry again, I mean, he was just, oh, he was so encouraging. I think about just, just dear friends like Jake and Maria Jensen. They moved with us to Myrtle Beach from Columbia. Man, I think of my, just two of my best buddies, John Byers, Spencer Whitworth. Spencer's gone on to meet Jesus. John, his wife, Vanessa, she's been a sheltering tree to me. I mean, they're just These are dear friends from from my college years. Of course, my brother Jonathan, he just turned 40 yesterday. That's crazy. He's been my best buddy my whole life. Ryan Novak, Marcus Thomas, Freddie Bellamy, Lamar Burnham. I mean, I've got so many brothers and sisters, and of course, none none more so than my wife Lisa. Man, I've got a grove of sheltering trees. I mean, Lisa, we, we got to go to the beach on Monday, had a little date, just took a walk by the beach, it was beautiful spring day, and I just thought, man, I get to be married to this girl. We prayed together, we talked together, she encourages me, she believes in me. All these people have believed in me, spoke wisdom into my life. You know what they did? Look what Jonathan did in chapter 23, verse 16 of 1 Samuel. Man, Saul was pursuing David's life. This was a tough time. These years had to be rough for David, the young man, David. And it says in um, in verse 15, while David was at Horesh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And listen to this. Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horesh and helped him. Find strength in God, don't be afraid, he said, My father will not lay a hand on you. you will be king over Israel. I will be second to you, even my father Saul knows this: The two of them made a covenant before the Lord, man. What a friendship they made a covenant, but it said he helped him find strength in God. That's, guys, that's the kind of friends you're looking for. Friends who help you find strength in God. Would David have made it without Jonathan? Y'all, as I've been studying David these past few months again, I've, I've kind of wondered, I don't know that there is a David without Jonathan. Certainly there's no David without this all these list of names. I mean, yeah, David needed these relationships, guys. I think we've got to learn from this. Listen, listen. I don't know where you're at in your life right now, but let me tell you, you need some sheltering trees. If 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 the trees are 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 lilting or wilting, your relationships, you know, they're kind of struggling. Let me listen to this. Here's, here, let me share these these thoughts with you. One, like David. We need relationships to get to heaven. I don't think David would have made it through all this. You need relationships I, you We need godly, great relationships two two, like David, we need different types of relationships. See, David had a whole slew different you know prophets, priests. Uh, men, women, outsiders, insiders, people he was leading, people that were leading him. I mean, he he needed all types of people that seemed to kind of come in and out of his life, which kind of leads me to 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 to, to B. See, one is we need relationships to get to heaven. Two, we need different types of relationships. But to B, a little caveat: listen to this. Don't shut the podcast off here. Like David, not every relationship is a Jonathan. Not every relationship is like a lifelong best friendship. I think sometimes we put a lot of pressure on friendships in the church. Oh, I don't know, are they my Jonathan? Maybe you thought it was it was like a David Jonathan thing and they just thought you were like an Abiathar, whoever that is, you know, or a Gad. I mean, I don't know, that's okay, that's okay. When you find a Jonathan, it's kind of like a magic thing. It's like, whoa, this is a great friendship. David didn't have a lot of those. In fact, he had one Jonathan. That's okay. But hey, look at Saul. Where were Saul's relationships? I don't see the man having a lot of I mean, think about it. Go read his life. Who did he listen to? Who did he go to for counsel? I mean, one time he went to a witch, literally he went to a witch <laughs> to to a medium, a witch but look we know who david's main his primary relationship was right even jonathan eventually passed away in battle david's main relationship we know this right it was god his friend for life i mean go through uh, these these chapters in you know first samuel and the in these chapters that i've been reading from here the, the, the 20s, 1 <laughs> Samuel in the 20s there. And, and just note all the times that David, quote, inquired of the Lord, inquired of the Lord. He sought, yeah, he sought a lot of counsel from his friends, but also like he inquired of the Lord. In fact, by the way, side note, notice the several, several times it says he was conscience stricken, conscience stricken, like he did something small And he felt like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Like, that is going to hurt my relationship with God. And And it bothered him. But he inquired of the Lord regularly, except now there were a few times he didn't. Anytime he was really blowing it, which there were several key times, you won't see him inquiring of the Lord in those chapters. In fact, remember that time where he went to the Philistine side because he got so tired of running from Saul. So he just went and set up shop with the Philistines when he did that, it says in chapter 27, it doesn't say "Inquire to the Lord when he did that. It says he quote, "thought to himself." We get in a lot of trouble when we think to ourselves, when we're not, not I'm not saying when we think for ourselves, when you think for ourselves, but he thought to himself. He didn't inquire of the Lord, he didn't pray about it, He didn't bounce it off off of a byafar or Samuel or even God. He just thought to himself. and he almost blew it. You know, David let God give him the throne. I noticed that when I read this season of his life, he never took the throne. Even when he had the chance to do so, he let God bring it to him. See, David listened to God and he listened to his friends. He was a listener. He messed up a lot, but he was willing. usually after he blew it, God would send someone into his life and he would listen to them. And he would listen to God. Who are your sheltering trees? Your encouragers. The people who help you find strength in God. The people you listen to. Maybe it's time to get out our shovels and plant a few. You say man I, I don't have a lot of those. We'll start planting. There's an old Chinese proverb, right? When's the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago? When's the second best best time to plant a tree today <laughs> Pick up your phone after this podcast. Maybe you're listening on your phone. Pick up your phone, call a sheltering tree. Call one of your old friends. Call a spiritual friend, call a new friend. Remember, As my grandma always said, if you want a friend, be a friend. Go be a friend. Start cultivating, start fertilizing a sheltering tree type of friendship. And never forget, Randy Newman wrote a song, You Got a Friend in Me. Wasn't that from Toy Story? Randy Newman may have written the song, but God said it first. Even if you feel like I don't have a friend, you do in God. David always had a friend in God, and so do you, my dear listener. Maybe you feel lonely right now. Maybe you feel friendless. You're not. You're not. God loves you. God wants you to come to him, to walk with him, to be a friend of God. Go look up that old song, that song from 15 years ago. I am a friend of God. Go listen to that song. God's your friend. You know, David's relationship with God, it's laid out for us in the book of Psalms. Just go read some of the Psalms. David expressed all of his feelings all through the book of Psalms. Maybe you need to go read some of the Psalms. Go sit outside of this beautiful spring weather we've been having here in Myrtle Beach, at least. Read some of the Psalms and express your heart. Share your heart with your friend, God. That's what David was doing in the Psalms. He expressed all kinds of stuff to God, certainly worship and adoration, but also all kinds of stuff, all of his highs and lows. To start this podcast, I read from Psalm 56. To end this podcast, I'd like to read from Psalm 57. It says, David wrote these words. He prayed this prayer. He wrote this song when he had fled from Saul into the cave. Remember, I mentioned that earlier. He said this Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me. For in you, my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends his love and his faithfulness. I am in the midst of lions. I lie among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. I think that was his cave crew. I think they were a rough crew at first. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. See, David always found a a way to praise God, even in these dark times. He continues, they spread a net for my feet. I was bound down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they've fallen into it themselves. So my heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. Maybe you need to get up early tomorrow morning and awaken the dawn and go and read these words before the Lord. He closes out, I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. Maybe you need to sing to God. For great is your love, reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. I love you, and I'll see you next time. I will praise the Lord today, for He is all my hope instead. God is good, His name is great, hallelujah.